Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting season of Red Rock Relationships. Hashtag Triple R. I am your hashtag. host. <laughs> hashtag Triple R. Gotta smash that subscribe button and the like button and all of that good stuff. It feels like it's been forever, but of course, over the summer, we had our special extravaganza, so it really hasn't been that long. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to talk specifics, and that is the focus of season three. In the past two seasons, we've spent a lot of time breaking down the basics of human communication, and now we're going to start talking about some specific relationships and some specific behaviors and some specific theories and well, hopefully it'll help some people to navigate their close relationships. And joining me to kick off season one is a familiar face, Lucy Nice. So good to see you back. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for the invite back. Yeah, well, you know, we tend to invite back the folks who we like, so. <laughs> Yay, I'm likable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how have you been? How has your summer been? been all right you know doing the whole dissertation thing writing mm. through all my stuff making some great progress so i'm Excellent. very excited about all the stuff that i'm finding well i'm so excited to have you on next time so we can put that dr next to your name that's going to be a really good time oh, yes <laughs> <laughs> well in the meantime uh, why don't we spend a little bit of time talking about today's subject? Uh, we are opening the season with a discussion on long distance relationships, which I feel is a very important topic, especially for students at my university. There's a lot of long distance relationships that go on between people living here in St. George with folks who live, as they say, up north in the Salt Lake area. There's a lot of people who are members of the LDS community that go on missions and as such are in long distance relationships. So I felt like it was a pretty solid topic to approach. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I, I do have experience with long distance relationships myself and I've conducted some research on it. So I think I know a fair bit. Nice, nice. And I'll disclose that I personally have been in two long distance relationships, including the one that I'm in right now. Oh, so yeah. you're also an expert in this. Well, I have anecdotal experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. I guess so. But of course, uh, the, the first thing that we're going to talk about here is whether or not I really am in a long distance relationship or not, because I feel like the term gets thrown around quite a bit. And so I want to open up by sort of trying to define what a long distance relationship is. Like, what does that even mean? Does it mean you live like more than an hour away from someone? Does it mean you live five hours away from someone? Do you need to live in a different state or a different country? Like, like what if I lived in St. George and my partner lived, uh, you know, at, at the northern border of Arizona? That's a 10 minute drive. But it's a different state. So what would you consider a long distance relationship? Uh, I would consider it to be like a relationship that you kind of have to travel a significant distance to. Like uh, I've kind of thought about it in this way that if you can't just, hey, say, for instance, James, your partner needs you. Can you hop into a car and drive to them mm. in a relatively short amount of time? Like, can you get to them quickly? If you can't, whatever that may be, then I think that kind of would qualify as a long distance relationship. 
and that can obviously range between like you know the capabilities that you have for travel like if you can't drive and you can only take public transit or the train maybe that trip from st george to the edge of arizona might be long distance for you because you can't get there mm-hmm. as soon if that's what you need like if that's what you have um so i've kind of like thought about it in that way and i also kind of get that that might be a little bit <laughs> nebulous because it's like it's reliance upon like capabilities of travel than it would be a distance mm. you know because like um for some people an hour's drive is a you know long distance relationship because you know i can't just pop on by see so be like yo what's up do that i gotta get on my car and i gotta go through traffic oh man um so i I think it's mostly just that all right so i i don't know if there's an exact number that we can put on it i went through some of the ldr research and basically uh so there's a 2002 study that i actually used for my comprehensive exams and like seeing the name of the of the title and the authors made me like very it traumatized me i was like oh god i remember um (laughs) (laughs) They found that on average, when they were interviewing long distance couples, the average distance was about 380 miles, which is really Hmm. far. That is a long distance. Um, I mean, is that as far as we're at? Me here in Phoenix and you in St. George? Is that 300? Something like that, yeah. Maybe longer? All right, then that's what this is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I, I can get that. All right. It's a very specific number, 380, huh? Actually, they found on average it was 382 miles. I was just rounding down. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, but I think you make a really good point that like if you if you try to do that, right? If you try to like force a number on it, it discounts a lot of the unique experiences that people have. Like for example, if you have to ride your bike, like if you're in high school and you have to ride your bike to your partner or something like that, um, 15 miles is a long distance on a bike, you know, not yeah. not in a car, but definitely on a bike. Or if you have to walk, could you imagine? So I think a lot of it kind of is in the eye of the beholder. But here's something really interesting that I found. Um, there's some fairly recent studies from the most recent decade. It found up to 75% of college students will at one point be in what they consider to be a long distance relationship. And at any given time, as many as 40% of all college students are in one. Those are huge numbers much bigger than i thought that they would be so this is like a prevalent issue which means it needs to be talked about and as such they present a series of unique challenges so what do you think some of the uh more unique challenges of these ldrs are um uh, what what sort of struggles might they encounter that people in traditional like geographically close relationships wouldn't encounter um, I can think of like immediately two right off the bat, um, and both from research and from anecdotal experience too. Um, for one, there is kind of the expectation of time. So the thing is with geographically close relationships, you have the ability to go and see somebody on a whim, theoretically, whenever you want. It's like, hey, if my partner out in Phoenix, I might be here in Tempe, needs me, I can go to them and we can spend a whole lot of time together. In a long-distance relationship, there is a little bit more of a pressure for that time spent together. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you know, you might, um, you might have more like, okay, we need to do all of these things. You know, we need to, we need to go and have a nice dinner. We need to do all of these, you know, things that we can't do because we're so physically apart from each other often. Um, versus, if you're in a geographically close relationship, you really don't have to worry about that as much. 
that it's like, hey, I'm having a really crappy day. Can I come and see you? Yeah, sure. I'll be mm. there in 20 minutes versus, you know, hey, I'm having a really crappy day. Cool. See you in two weeks. You can tell me about it then. Or you can we can like try to figure it out from there. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> hope you're still feeling like crap in two weeks so I can make you feel better. Yeah, that's like a weird message to deliver to your partner. Um, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can be there for them for like, I don't know, for like a FaceTime. Um, uh-huh. That's kind of sort of similar, but uh, th that's one of the things that stuck out to me, like this reliance on technology. Like, can you, like, I'm thinking back to like the early, you know, 1900s being in a long distance relationship and like communicating to your lover via carrier pigeon. Like, <laughs> my dearest Esmeralda. Uh, there is a letter. I mean, I don't know. I think that's actually kind of nice. Like, I got a letter. Oh my gosh. Like, it will take me a month to get to you. So glad you're still alive. I know. Great. <laughs> I know. Um, I, so, this is one of the things that actually makes me a little nervous about long distance relationships is this extreme reliance on technology. And, um, you know, some of the LDR uh, literature talks about idealization and how it can be a good thing because, you know, you, you, you don't see them that often, but you see them enough where you're like, oh, I can't wait to see you. What I worry about is that people craft um, a persona for themselves via technology, much like you would for like your Instagram profile, or your your TikTok channel, like you, you craft this version of yourself as a partner. And then when you meet up with your partner in person, it's not always the same. That's what concerns me. I don't know, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. there? Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, we, when it comes to our relationships, especially when, especially with the LDR kind of um, research, there is still that expectation that at some point we do want to be geographically close. Not many people will want to be long distance forever. And that kind of just goes into general relationship maintenance. Like, you know, there is something to be physically together in order to increase or to kind of go up that relationship escalator, whatever you want to call it. So because that is kind of delayed because of the long distance relationship, um, you know, when you do come back together, you do have that idealization based on what you've seen with them with technology or even too, and like I said, with the ex expectation of time, you want to put your best face forward because you don't see them that often. Mm -hmm. So I don't want, and I've seen that too, I don't want to fight with my long distance partner because we only have a week together. I don't want to spend a day of it fighting because we don't have that much time together. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put my best face forward and I'm going to like, you know, not talk as much about maybe some struggles that I have going on, which means that it also adds into that whole, like you were saying, James, the idealization or the idolization of the person. That's like, oh, everything is all positive and flowery and whatever. And not like super, like, I won't want to say real. They are real, but like <laughs> holistic, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I get that. That is definitely like, you know, the the struggles with long distance relationships is to try to maintain like the um, holisticness of a relationship and not just focus on the positive stuff. But yeah, if you... If you only know someone based on doing a FaceTime call with them all the time, and then all of a sudden you live together with this person closely, then mm. it's like, oh, I see your face all of the time now. I'm not used to this. Now what Now what do we do? We wanted this. Right. Yet also, yeah. So Difficult. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's almost like 
the, the benefits become a risk like because you're focusing on the positivity so much that it almost sets unrealistic expectations which can then result in what we would colloquially f refer to as the pedestal effect right you you put mm -hmm. this person up high 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 and then they fall off because they can't adhere to you know unreasonable expectations that you know weren't necessarily intentionally set but it, it are still very real yep that's tough that's yeah, tough. Now I'm now I'm like starting to worry about things. <laughs> uh, don't put your partner on a pedestal. There you go. Yes, definitely not. Definitely not. And then of course there's like life planning, which is very difficult. Um, yes. You know, you got to kind of coordinate your vacations around your partner. Uh, and well, what if they don't want to go to vacation the same time that you want to? Or what if you have to go an extended period of time without seeing them? And then like boom, 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 you see them like two, three weeks in a row. Yep. You know, there's financial burdens too because you're just like okay you know do i go to you do you come to me how come all of a sudden like i go to you all the time and i'm spending my money to go and see you but you're not doing it to me like it does like you said the the costs and benefits sometimes it's an actual financial cost yeah all right we've been talking about the negative for far too long let's talk about some of the unique benefits that ldr's experience because it is definitely not all bad there are some really good things and possibly can, can we find a way to frame some of the struggles that these relationships encounter as benefits yeah um so when it comes to like so if the struggle is you know not like putting this person up kind of on a pedestal if you will mm. um <clears throat> that can then mean that perhaps <clears throat> sorry if, if you do have conflicts or whatever, you might actually talk through with them before meeting a, before meeting your partner again in person so that the time that you do spend together is genuinely positive. Not necessarily like, you know, oh, I'm having a struggle, but I don't want to say it. It could be that it's like, hmm, if we talk about the struggle, if we don't talk about this conflict now, then it's going to potentially tarnish the time that we have together. So then let's talk, you know what, let's get through this tough conflict while we are a little bit at a distance, work through it, get through it. Hey, awesome, cool. I'm so excited to see you this weekend. Let's kind of, you know, kiss and make up. So you don't have yeah. to have both that conversation and the making up part. You have the conversation first and then you have the making up part when you're together. That's, a, that's such a good point, th this idea. I mean, this is what we teach in conflict classes, that conflict is inevitable and it's necessary and that, you know, it needs to be discussed. And so now we're in a situation where we are almost explicitly saying, uh, I need to voice my opinions because if I don't, that limited time we have together is going to be potentially soured. And so you're taking this possible negative and turning it into a positive because of that situation. That's... That's a good point. There's a lot of room for self-reflection in these relationships. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I think that's also a positive, too. So when you talk about like self-reflection is that you do start to think of like, all right, what is important to me in a relationship? Um, you know, maybe if we don't have the geographical closeness or, you know, say, for instance, my love language is touch, mm -hmm. but we can't do that. So then what what does touch then look like? So if my if I feel like I need to be touched for a love language, is there another creative way that we can try to get that need met without it being long distance? And that's actually pretty interesting because then that kind of, it allows for creativity in the relationship. It allows the relationship to be even more unique mm -hmm. to the two people as opposed to like people doing this generic kind of relationship and whatnot. It's like, 
how we show love and affection and touch to each other is um i've seen my friends have this they have a bracelet that and it's like connected between two people if they tap it it sends a vibration to the other person wherever they are in the world like wherever they are um like wow. it's done through like wi-fi like some app or whatever but if they tap it it sends a vibration to the other person and they use it by if they tap it that means they're thinking about their partner so when like say for instance you and your partner if you get this bracelet if you tap it your partner will feel a vibration and they'll be like oh james is thinking about me that's without so cute even have to like text right that's adorable. adorable that's adorable and uh, you know uh there are avenues in which you could take that 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 very innocent and adorable nature and, and bring it to a place where it shouldn't necessarily go but we're gonna say that it's adorable it's i wonder so it makes me wonder if dr Corey floyd is aware of that because we've had him on to talk about affection and the importance of things like touch i wonder if he's aware that that exists and of course um i, I hope he'd be comfortable with me saying he was in a long-term relationship for quite some time mm -hmm. interesting that's it that's an interesting yeah. thing that I may need to look into. So, okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about this uh, this element of touch, uh, kind of, sort of. Um, there is this big stigma surrounding long distance relationships. We all know about it. Um, many of the self-proclaimed uh, dating experts on social media will advise against being in an LDR because they'll say, hey, um, this is the sort of relationship that produces infidelity. Like it's mo you're more likely to cheat in a long distance relationships. Now, in your expert opinion, do you find this to be true or not so true? Nope, I don't think it is true at all. Um, mostly because people cheat whether they're geographically close or not. Mm. It doesn't actually matter in terms of somebody is, you know, close or long distance because like, if someone's gonna cheat, they're gonna find a way. <laughs> it, it, that's it, in my both, you know, expert opinion and in, you know, anecdotal kind of experience that's like, if someone's gonna do it, they're gonna do it. Um, I could kind of get, you know, oh, you're in long distance, so you don't really have like, um, if I want to hang out with you or something, um, you could just say, oh, I'm, you know, I can't, I'm doing something else or whatever that may be long distance and you can't exactly like, test that or to confirm that mm. but that's also the same in geographically close relationships too like if my partner out in phoenix is like hey lucy i'm busy this saturday i can't see you okay then you know i'll just believe them and they could be out cheating on me and i'm like <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> that would have been the same so yeah i think it's completely like not true um mostly it's because a lot of it's just the motivations behind infidelity as a whole that it's yeah. like it's not because you're close or far with somebody. People and people who cohabitate with each other still cheat on each other. Yep. <laughs> yep. And in, in yeah. fact, uh, so the, the research would support this line of thinking. It, it's been shown in several different studies. I'm, I'm looking at my notes right here. I'm not going to start citing things for the listeners, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, there is no statistically significant difference in infidelity levels between long distance relationships versus geographically close relationships. And as many people in uh, the study of close relationships will tell you, the main predictors of infidelity are, you know, a lack of commitment, neuroticism for some reason predicts infidelity, uh, narcissism predicts infidelity, of course. Uh, and there's some other toxic traits that tend to predict infidelity. The big one is a lack of commitment. When we're not committed to our partner, we tend to uh, stray 
Um, and then of course, if you want to look at it from the investment model, you could say, you know, if we're not invested in our partner, or if we perceive that there's a lot of high quality alternatives in our stratosphere, this can also lead us to engage in infidelity. But I, I just wanted to get that one out there because it's never, it, 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 it's, it's always put out there. It's never really fully debunked, at, although there is a really clear consensus in the academic world. So, and I get that I get. It's possibly because, you know, people have this this script of what relationships should look like and that it's being close together. And I, I can understand maybe the idea behind a lack of commitment um, because there's also that misconception that long distance relationships are not real relationships. Yes. That it's like, oh, you know, you just like, I'm seeing somebody out in New York or whatever. Oh, that's not a real relationship. You guys like FaceTime every day. Okay, that's not real, um, but it totally is. But I get that if people's perceptions of relationships should be, you know, in person or geographic close and that shows commitment to somebody i can you know kind of get that idea but nah <laughs> me being the kind of <laughs> me being the kind of person where i'm just like long distance relationships are real <laughs> like they're just as real as geographically close relationships they don't cheat on each other more or less than close ones yeah so yeah yeah, and uh, you know it's funny because I always considered myself somebody who I could never do a long distance relationship, and now my last two have both been long distance, and uh, it's you know it's it's doable, and uh, in many ways it provides you with a level of independence and freedom that uh, can actually be quite beneficial. Um, yeah, so I've, I've definitely been in them myself. Yeah. All right. So with that said, we have just a few minutes left. Final thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, the role of gender, the role of culture, the role of you know identity and presentation certainly is present here. I think that for some people, uh, LDRs are just not attainable. Um, and I think for others, they might be. So what role do you see things like gender and culture playing uh, in this unique relational circumstance? Um, I think like going back on the the whole like love language as touch sort of thing, uh, especially when it comes. And we'll, again, we'll we'll assume a binary here. Um, men tend to show more affection through doing things and through touch than women do. Like, and this is also true when it comes to um, friendships as well. You know, we we're talking about long distance relationships in terms of romantic. There's still long distance relationships with friends. Oh yeah, we have a long and, distance uh, friendship. Huh. I said, we have a long distance friendship. Exactly. There is at least 381 <laughs> miles between us, or 382, <laughs> sorry, between us. We have a long distance friendship and whatnot. Um, but so like, you know, research would kind of indicate that. So you, James, you tend to want to spend time with friends by doing stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to go to a movie together. You're going to go like to a bar together or whatever it may be. You'll do something versus, you know, women will tend to want to just like, not sit around and talk, but mm -hmm. don't have to do stuff in order to show it. So I could see that as being a potential sort of um, influence within long distance relationships, because there might be, again, that huge pressure that when you are geographically close with one another, men will want to do stuff. Potentially, uh, probably, you know, physical things. <laughs> want to do all of the physical things, whatever that may be. Could be. Whatever it is. Do all like do that as much as possible versus maybe women might want to be all like, let's go on dates. Let's do all this stuff. And again, it's very much assuming like kind of, um, you know, generalizations between these binary genders. Yes. Welcome to um, heteronormativity land. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm just like, uh, research. Unfortunately, that's what the research yeah. has. It is an under, yeah. Land. 
Yeah, non-binary couples are very understudied in in the area of like romantic relationships for sure. Yeah, um, but that's kind of a, a possible sort of mm -hmm. influence I see gender might having might be having on long distance relationships. Mm -hmm. um, culturally, that's actually a really interesting one too because like there are some cultures where um, okay, for instance. It, would you consider something to be kind of a long-distance relationship if you never see your partner at all, even if you live together? Wow. Because there are situations, there are some cultures where, um, and I can only speak from like cultures that I've had direct experience with, where if they work, you know, 7 a.m. to midnight every single day, so but they live together, but they never see their partner. Yeah. That's but I, then emotionally long distance or, or yeah, no, that's, mm -hmm. that's totally fair. Yeah. And I think that opens up a whole new box of worms that unfortunately we can't talk about because we're out of time on this episode. Um, that said, we are going to speak to adjacent topics. We're going to be talking about the role of social media in relationship maintenance next time. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about that one. So it'll be a smooth transition. Um, but uh, Lucy, thank you so much for coming back on. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. Until next time, um, thanks for joining us for season three. Take care. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.